Welcome to Devalue with Mike and Caroline, the place where we talk about art and money and how creative people are navigating the ever-changing landscape of trying to make a living for their work. We're going to be interviewing all types of creative people, and we'll be talking about all types of issues that creative people face. We hope you'll get something out of it. We're excited to welcome you to Devalued. Hey, Mike. Hey, Caroline. Who are we talking to today? Today we're talking to John Colpitz from the band Oneida, and his own solo projects are awesome, Man Forever and Kid Millions. Such a nice guy. Uh, we got kind of deep there. Yeah, it got pretty heady and emotional, <laughs> and uh, we got into some real raw territory about just the realities of being a, a working musician and a professional musician that's trying their best to make a living at this. Yeah, I really enjoyed his insights and a lot of tips, I think, for bands trying to navigate this territory. Yeah, I agree. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, so let's get into it. Let's do it. So we kind of start off the show just asking, uh, what do you think about the relationship between art and money? (laughs) That's a great question. I mean, uh, okay, well, I mean, well, you, oh God, I don't want to sound stupid. I mean, you really, okay, like you need it, right? You need it to make, to make your work. You need money. Um, but you know, it just depends on where you're getting it from, right? If I mean, I, I don't think you can, I don't really think you can get it from your work. You could, I mean, people do, um, but it's just not like a, unless you're one of the really, really fortunate, lucky one in a two, three, 5,000 person or band. I don't think it's a con- something you can do consistently or have an expectation of making money off your off, off like creative work. Let's say, um, I don't. Well, anyway, I mean, they're they're yeah, they're totally intertwined, but they're also kind of in opposition. I think t- as well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a completely great answer. I mean, when we were talking to David Kilgower last week from The Clean, and oh, he yeah. was saying, we asked him the same question, and he goes, um, they don't belong together, and they absolutely belong together. <laughs> okay, so, so he just had a better answer, a more concise, <laughs> concise answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, right. when, when you got started um, playing music with a band, I mean, I know I, Oneida's been around for 25 years, and yeah. were, was making a living at this, like, even a consideration at all? Not, no, not even remotely. Uh, it was definitely not part of it from the beginning. I think we knew that it wasn't possible. I think I had worked at the Knitting Factory, which is a venue in New York, that at the time, it was like the mid-90s, it was like a the premier like for-profit experimental music venue in the world right for-profit in big quotes you know i just i saw the 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 door figures every night um and i used to laugh because people would be like oh my god the knitting factory is doing so well you know every time i go there it's like sold out and it's like yeah that's because you go to the sellout shows there's like <laughs> so many other shows that nobody comes to and i think i knew that i had i experienced it i saw i booked tours and i booked the club as a i just was right out of college and um i just saw the reality like no one really made any money and everybody you know, I mean, I, I think Oneida is explicitly, I mean, I think when we started, it was like, we're not going to make money doing this and we don't want to have that, you know, dictate what we do. 
so we just are always driven by the, the work, you know, for better or for worse, you know, it's not like, it's probably not super fun to be our label, <laughs> you know, to work with us, you know? So, and, and I think, but for, we, it was very explicit. We, we were always going to have day jobs and that changed for me, like maybe 17 years after I had started Oneida, but what changed? Well, you know, I was, I turned 40 and I was like, gee, like maybe, I mean, up until then I was like, people are asked a lot of, well, not a lot, but I would get people requesting, Oh, what are you available to play? And, one thing that happened was that <laughs> uh, at the time, like I know, I know like somebody who works with Sufjan Stevens and at the time she was like, Sufjan's looking for a drummer like Kid Millions. And, I, and she's like, I happen to know him. Um, so it was like, oh, interesting. Well, maybe I could have like auditioned for his band, you know, but I was had a job. I was like a manager in IT and I kind of looked at this. I just was like, I can't like I, I can't even audition. He, you know, he who knows if I would have gotten the gig, you know, I mean, uh, the people he hired are the highest of the high level. But um, it just got me thinking. And then I had. I had canceled a, a gig. I a very last minute. I had been asked to play with the Boredoms. I, I played. I played with them for many years, about ten years, and then there was a, a gig where it was like, "We got to go to Australia." And my my job was they kind of were fed up with me. Like I I was not like really plugged in, and they actually fired me. But in the room where they were firing me, I like talked my way back into the job. And then they're like, you need a, he's like, you need to take, they're like, you need to take a break and you can't like go on tour during the break. <laughs> and so it was like, I was like, cool. So like a week or so. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, let me just, I'll, I'll tell you like when I can take that week, you know, and I, I was like going to go to Australia for that week. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, I like decided at the last minute, Oh, I got to, you know, I can't, you know, I have to keep my job. It was, I mean, you do, you got to make, you got to pay rent, but also I think it was a bad decision. I didn't go to Australia. And at that moment I was like, okay, I can't, I gotta try to do this. I got it. People are asking me to play who knows what kind of opportunities would open up if I, if I was available and, and yeah, so I, so I quit, I said, okay, I'll quit in a year. So I did, I kind of worked my way up and I, for a year, I tried to put money aside and I did it. I mean, my wife, my current wife really encouraged my, my wife, my, or she was my girlfriend. She, she, that maybe you can cut out that current wife. That wasn't, <laughs> not a, but you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I, I, she was my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my wife, but she's, she really encouraged me to quit. I mean, which is just, I mean, you know, she was just like, I mean, I wasn't happy and I don't think, I mean, it was in a way as a big sacrifice. It was a big sacrifice for her because I was, I ended up like getting a, I played drums with spiritual eyes. So I was away for like a lot. And so it's like not, but, but, you know, she kind of was seeing what it was like for me to have this job. I mean, very, I had a lot of responsibility and I got paid well. But it was not a, um, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. So 
I was watching yeah. this interview with you, um, and you were saying, I think it was like from like five years ago or something, and, and you were talking about um, this collaboration you were doing with Jans Tiersen, and... Oh, you mean Jan St. Werner? Yes, Jan St. Werner, I'm sorry. Mouse on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. Mouse on Mars. And yeah. um, you were saying that at the time you wanted to focus on becoming a professional musician, and mm. this gig was going to be a free gig, and that oh, yeah. you were glad that you did it because um, you know it was such a beautiful experience for you. But how yes. how many? I, I always like. I'm always curious about how many um, experiences could you have that are free that you turn down that you regret, or how do you judge the How do you judge the things that you that you choose to do? You try to do your best. I mean, I think I've turned down things that maybe I should have done not a lot I think you just like well I mean I you know I played for free for 20 years you know what I mean like I played those stupid gigs at 3 in the morning on a Wednesday night for some band that I mean I played those gigs you know, I mean, and I, after a while, like, there's no surprises. And I don't mean to say, like, it's hard, right? Because I know I can sound cynical, but there's a certain moment. I think that was a that particular thing was real. Like, I was like, I had my full-time job and I had, I was in this band, you know, a bunch of fun, weird people but there was a gig on a wednesday night and i think yeah i think we went on at three and it was like i was like okay like i quit <laughs> you know everyone's like why what happened it's like are you kidding me like i i mean and and plus the situations are not really about they're not conducive to you and your music everyone it's like this thing where people are like trying to be a badass like yeah i fucking played to know people in like <laughs> tucson like on a tuesday night like i've done all that i done it and i i think it's just was me it was just me being like you know if it's great if it's like somebody i really want to play with um I'll do it. I think it's, but yeah, with the Jan thing, I was, it was like a weird moment. I almost didn't do it because I was like, well, it's like, I don't play for free, but you know, it turned out it was a really cool thing. I mean, I ended up making, we made an album and we played a few shows here and there together and we're, we had gotten to be friends and, so like that's really worth it so it's kind of like you i think you have to there's that the <laughs> there's the i'm sure so many people have given you this but you know you, there's the equation right it's like what's the money like what's the hang like and how what's the music like right and if you have two out of three you're in good shape you know so like if you don't have two out of three, then you should probably pass. And so, yeah, I think those, that's kind of something to, to, to function with, or like if there's something else you're going to get out of it, you know, are you going to make a connection with a venue or is it something or with a promoter or with a musician, with a community that you've never connected with you never know where those things will lead so i guess that that would be how what i what i how i think about it yeah that's a really great way to consider it i think and i hope a lot of the people that listen to this will uh, be looking for nuggets like that where they can apply it to themselves and um especially in their career forward um it's a it's a good thing to consider those variables right i mean you got to remember too like i as i said i mean i spent 17 years basically playing for free so like i made a lot of connections i mean i did 
I did the work. I, I, you know, hustled and whatnot. So I think it's like now, but you know, I don't get asked to do a lot, you know? So there's that too. Um, so you always have to kind of make your own opportunities in a way. So if it's your own thing, you figure out what, what you're going to get paid, you know, hopefully try to pay yourself, but sometimes that's not going to work out. Making your own opportunities has, has been like a, um, a through line, I think through at least Oneida's trajectory. Cause, cause <laughs> even when you were getting started, you kind of, um, hosted your own parties and, you know, you would have, you put your own keggers on, um, away from like the regular venues and, and things like that. And that's something that like bands are still doing here in Nashville. And that's something that Carolyn's oh, really? been doing for you forever. You have to. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, oh yeah. I'll bet. Nashville must be so, so competitive. I can't even imagine. It's a, it's more cooperative than you might think. It's oh, a nice cool. community for sure. Oh, amazing. Well, let's get let's get back there soon. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> so, so, like when you're when you're starting out, um, where does the where does the drive do you think come from? Is it just like sh you know the excitement of of sharing music or like throwing a party or like uh, is it like being cool? Like what where what does the drive to like do your own thing come from? Do you think? That's yeah, good question. Well. Um, I mean, it's exciting. I think, Jesus, I don't know. I'm trying to put myself back in that, that, well, for originally you just, I mean, it's just fun, right? I mean, it's just fun to get together and, and maybe you can play and, and there's something, there's this, uh, yeah, a, um, celebratory nature of that for that no matter what the context you know whether you're playing a shitty bar or, or at a at a frat or or whatever or, or or you know the coffee house there's something about it that about like presenting the tip of the iceberg right there's like so much that went into this and you're finally kind of brave enough to to put it in front of people and then you hope will enjoy it. And, and yeah, I think there's a, an element where you're not, uh, you want to become somebody else. You want to, you know, kind of forget all the, your personal flaws and shortcomings and, and kind of present a, a front that seems like successful and, and, and practiced and, <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think there's this like, it's like this complicated like web that connects your, that, that like, well, why do you do it? It's like, well, it kind of goes back to like when you first hear music that moves you. That was for me. I honestly, I didn't even consider, I didn't even think like, oh, you can play music. I never thought you could. I just was listening to the radio and thinking it's like, I mean, I, I would sit there and, uh, you know, enraptured for hours. I mean, listening to the soft rock radio, let alone, you know, whatever, that was kind of what was around. And just sitting there for hours, just wait, waiting for the next tune, wondering about not even knowing, you know, I think, as a kid, we, I grew up in the country and we kind of, it was like, there were some department stores like that had music sections and you kind of go there and see the, there's records there. You wouldn't even imagine like how they got there or who was involved. I didn't get the magazines. I didn't know. So I think, but it was like experiencing this, the music and feeling um, excited and I guess, yeah, fully, yeah, I think it was a great escape and a great, um, yeah, supplement or like, you know, to, to whatever, whatever kind of pain you're in or 
difficulties you're in. And so I think on the other side of that, when I did just figure out, well, you, oh, there's people who play music. I got to high school and like, oh, there's a band and there's drums and they just play these songs. Like, wow, you know, I, I could do that. Or it was like, I think it was like, you're just so naive. You think like, I can play drums. I mean, it's not true. I mean, it's true. It's true, but it's also not true. But it's like, it's like, you think you can do it. And I guess I just, I think I was just so, it's a naivete. You just, I sat down, I got joined a band and just, I think it was so much. I mean, I identified with music so much. I think it was like a lifeline. It became less of, I don't think it's a great thing to identify with it and have it be your whole thing, like maybe for your whole life, maybe, I don't know. But for, for that time, it was like so essential. And I think I, I think, yeah, you, you just want to like be a part of it and it's magical, right? It's like a, it's like a alchemical experience when the, the, the four, three, four, five people get together and make a sound it's pretty magic. It's magic when you, when you have it happen. Whoa, like we're all entrained and it's a, it's, that is the kind of exciting thing at first, I think. Knowing what you know now uh, and having experienced, you know, a long career, what keeps you going <laughs> now? Cause you're still putting out music and you're still mm. touring. Um, what's keeping you going now? And your last album was called Success, which I don't know if yeah. it's laced with irony or not. <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, what keeps me going? Well, I don't know. I, I don't mean to sound like defeated. I'm definitely not. It's more like, well... There's a lot, I still get a lot out of the creation, I think. The performances, even though it's not, the performances are so less, they're not happening. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really tour right now. I mean, since the pandemic. Yes, Oneida has played like four shows and I got COVID. But like, yeah, like um, I haven't toured since, since COVID. Um. I think it's like you have to like recreate your relationship with with music like every day. You don't it's for me it's not it's like well why do I still do it? Fuck. I mean, I that's a little bit I'm kind of beyond like having to explain myself <laughs> like and I don't mean that defensively, but I'm like I think I, it's just something I do. I still do it. I have opportunities occasionally. I have good, great friends, great connections. And I think that you kind of, at a, after a certain point, it's like you, you get into the room or onto a stage with somebody else and you make something and it, it, it resonates and it seems like really good to me. It's like, this is good. I don't know, like, let's do it again. <laughs> it's like a little bit, uh, I always, I've always think, thought of things a little bit like, um, I'm not like com a complete, like, um, you know, what, what is it, it's, uh, isolated or something. Like, I'm always thinking in terms of ways to create something uh, re record something, you know, um, build something. So I, I don't, by now it's like all part of the same thing. So to be, I mean, what I've discovered recently, okay, this is insane, but everything I do, all the music I do is really just like an advertisement for drum lessons. Which is what I get paid to do, <laughs> which is just like 
I think I realized that like a few years ago, I was just like, fuck, like, <laughs> like where else do I get paid? I mean, I, I, sure. I make a little, a little money here and there, but I mean, we're not talking real money. It's like, uh, so like the only thing that I make money doing is drum lessons. You and know. that's kind of why we ask that question, because I think everyone is asking themselves, okay, I don't see a way to make my music profitable to me. How do I mm. make a living without selling my soul or doing something that I hate every day? And so uh, information like that, I think, is really helpful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I've repeated this story a lot to people, but... When I was going to quit my job, I had I was like having lunches with David First, who's a guitarist and composer. He founded the band The Note Killers, and he's played with everybody. Um, and he was like a guy. Wow, he does all kinds of things. He's got this awesome band, like legendary band that still plays. He's like a composer. He's like you know, the really avant-garde, like, microtonal drone pieces. Like, wow, wow, how does he do it? So I'm, like, having lunch with David. I'm, like, how do you do it? He's, like, I don't really think it's possible to do it, is what he told me. And I was, like, huh. <laughs> and, like, at the time, I was kind of, like, that sounds like maybe that's not true. But I totally understand what he meant now. I don't really think it's possible. Now, every day I wake up and some I do I do it. You know what I mean? It, it's just like this bizarre thing. I mean, for people just starting out, you know, I don't think the goal need, should be. I mean, I I don't think the goal should be that everything else. The goal should just be the work. If you're not doing the work, which means writing the songs or writing the music or recording the music, then, you know, you've lost. <laughs> so that you got to prioritize that. And it's hard every day. It's, it's hard. You, you fail. I fail a lot all the time with that. But, um, the whole thing about a career and I don't see that as like really a, a valuable piece of it. I don't know. I mean, I have, I, I could say, I could look back. Yes, I have a, a career. I, I did air quotes for the podcast listeners. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it would seem to me that the kind of music that you play, which is improvisational and it's and at times it it feels chaotic and free, is that like a reaction against the all the all the bullshit of nine to five life? Is is that or is that just like the type of music that you like, or is or is there something is there something deeper going on in there? Because it seems as a listener, it's like. This music is very, very free. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it's pretty complicated, right? It's like, I'm not doing it for that, for the, like, to try to make a statement. The other thing to be really aware of is like, so-called free music right is like uh basically we're just playing we are inspired like all the music that you do as an american is like inspired by black americans right or i mean i you know it, it's or africa or something right so so-called free improvisation free jazz whatever like it's all coming from that place right and there's something like okay a white guy from connecticut like 
somehow being inspired by a wide range of, you know, black American music and trying to play it. I mean, uh, I don't know, it's complicated. So, um, I think I'm just, it's just like, what is what I'm drawn to? There's a certain, I mean, okay, you know, some people could call what I do. I mean, I think there's a lot of critique that could go into the, that. I, I think, but it, there is a certain, like, there's a punk element and a, and a free, free improvisational element where it's kind of like, Hey, you don't, you don't really need, you don't need technique. You don't need schooling, you know, to just be able to try to make music and you, you are, you, you're a unique person and what comes out is going to be unique and special to you. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't really think about like, yeah, that, that, that aspect of it. Maybe I should. I mean, you know, when you're trying to get a grant, they say, why do you do this? And it's frustrating. I should know. But it's not, I mean, there's nothing I, I should say, like, and I don't, I'm not trying to disparage myself. I'm not sure, like, what I do is particularly avant-garde or, cutting edge or anything like that right maybe i don't think so though there's a lot of, of 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 that that's already happened you know so i'm just like a small piece just like okay this is what i do you know it's just it's just me uh whether it i, I mean i don't i wouldn't even think about that you know it's more just like hey is somebody interested in hearing this? Oh, there's a, a little bit. Somebody is. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah. No, you for sure did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you about um, an experience that we maybe kind of shared, which is having a uh, medical emergency kind of disrupt your life. And oh, wow. take you out of the creative game for some amount of time. <laughs> and okay. all the things that happen in that time inside of a person. And mm -hmm. all the uh, realizations, all the uh, contemplations that occur <laughs> when you're recovering from something like that. Um, mm. And for me, I kind of had this big moment of having to separate myself and my self-worth and my identity from my ability to create output uh, <laughs> and being productive, yeah. which right. we're like not practiced in, in our culture at all. Okay. And, I see. Yeah. And it was um, for me like really liberating and okay. empowering. And I wondered cool. if you went through a similar sort of, I don't know, thought process. Oh, Right. Uh, well, I hmm, maybe I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I. Well, um, well, I really I don't know. Um, that's interesting. I. Cause like at first you're in just like survival mode for a while sure. there when you're just for like, sure. okay, I have to just live actually. And then yes. you have this whole time where you're just, you're okay, but you're still not really mm. able to do anything. And yeah. um, you're not able to like, I don't know, you don't have energy mentally or emotionally or physically yeah. to really get <laughs> back out. Um, but you still have to keep yourself motivated 
for yourself yeah. and the people that love you to get better and and oh. get back out there whatever that means for you mm. um and not there you go. i think yeah. a lot of people don't come back to music necessarily when they have that oh. moment um oh. because it is a time to kind of process like what am i doing with my life um, <laughs> oh, but you yeah. did come back and i did oh, too yeah. so i wondered <laughs> you know what did what, <laughs> why did we do that um and if you if you went through that journey too yeah okay i see what you're saying yeah i mean i'll have to put myself back in that place i it was a bit it was it was really hard hard for sure i mean my i got I, I was in a car accident for those of you who didn't know i mean it it, it was serious but i mean there's it, people have worse ones but i was like out of commission for about six months i would just say the reason i came back was because um i it was oneida had a tour and i had to prepare and it was almost like I didn't have I, I didn't I just was like well let me see if I can do this I, and it was the reason that I I could I, I I spent a month and a half just getting ready every day going down to the studio and just taking it easy but playing and um that was what brought me back was just having something to go back to i mean i might not have returned if i didn't and and you know oneida is very physical and very taxing in fact in the middle of it i was like wow i don't know if i should have done this <laughs> like i was really in it was hard it was hard but I, but i did it and it went well and it was fun i mean it was a lot of fun just to see the guys again i mean one thing that happened was Bobby, like, who plays the organ with the band? I mean, he he called me before before we were going leaving, and he was like, "I can't do the tour," and I was like, so devastated. I was I like cried because it was like I couldn't imagine. Like that was all I was looking for, you know, looking forward to. But but. It, it turned out, I mean, we missed him, but it, it still was fun, like, um, uh, and it was good that I did it. I think if I hadn't had that, I, I might not have recovered in the way that I did. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't feel, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, it sounds like music kind of helps you find ways to set goals for yourself. Um, to create <laughs> yeah, like something to do um mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. that's valuable in itself for sure i mean i don't want to like underplay like i don't want to make it seem like i don't have some kind of emotional connection to it i mean it, i i mean i don't see a way i would do it without that you know but i think if I have to like describe it to people, then I would maybe focus on those practical things. <laughs> maybe it's too hard to get into the emotional, spiritual side. I don't know. Well, you kind of, that's the fun part about our kind of dynamic, I guess, when we talk about it, because I'm a little more psychological, Woo -woo. emotional. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we like to oh, cool. balance Amazing. out sort of the practical yes. and the nuts and bolts and budgeting and whatnot. <laughs> oh, oh, but that's the yeah. whole push and pull of the industry at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, in the news today, not to make this like super timely, but like I saw that Animal Collective canceled their tour, and if oh, and I if, didn't see that. And oh, they wow. cited financial reasons and like this era of um uncertainty with COVID and you were on tour and you got COVID after I think four shows you said, I mean, yeah. what is it like being in a band that people want to see and not being able to make any money touring? That's so crazy. Well, it's, you know, we don't, well, 
I don't know if it's that there's that much of a demand to see Oneida. I mean, I think it would be more of a, a thing for us to just, it's good for us to go to play shows. I think for other, for a band like Animal Collective, like, I think it's like, um, they're like, they make money doing it. As far as I know, I mean, they, <laughs> maybe not, but you know, so like they, they like had, I mean, much, I mean, like a real success where, you know, you sell a lot of records and people go see you. I'm not trying to downplay Oneida. I'm just like, it's a totally different thing. Um, for us, it's hard enough just to book the shows. I mean, in terms of making money, well, we're just trying to keep a, a small studio going. Like we don't even have, it's not even us. It's like, we're just part of a, of a place, you know, barely, barely a part of it. So there's no, nobody gets paid doing Oneida. We've never been paid. It all goes back to the band. And now we're, we're, we're actually, yeah, we don't have any money at the, at the moment. So, I mean, we, we lost money making our new record, right? Like the, it's fine. Like, I mean, it was, it was a good experience and we, you know, I think it's a good album. It's a good, great record. Yeah. Thank you. But you know, it's just insane. It's like, uh, the label can't front a recording budget. Um, so we paid for it, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's weird. It's a weird, um, situation. But isn't that interesting that um, the the lines between being like an, a, a newcomer with 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 uh, a home studio and zero label support and being you guys is is not very far away. It's like yes, and the the one thing that you do have is you do have you know twenty five years of fans and people who love you and um, people who've been listening to your records. That's the one thing that you do have. And that is valuable. Um, For sure. Yeah. And is that like how you kind of judge, no pun intended, but like the success of the success? Because is it like people from Brazil checking it out? Or like, do you see like the numbers of, of fans around the world checking it out? And you're like, oh, well, at least people are listening to it. Mm, I mean, uh, this is, I hope this doesn't sound like disrespectful or something. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's great, but I don't really think about, about that in a, like, a. it doesn't, I don't really get something out of that. Uh, I, I mean, I love that we have fans. I, I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's like, but like after 25 years, it's more like, it doesn't like help me make a, another song. I, I, I don't, I don't do it for that. And I, I, not, nothing to say that I don't respect the, if somebody buys the record. I mean, I, I'm humbled. I'm just like, wow. Okay, cool. Like that's insane. But I don't think about it. I don't, I wouldn't go, like I say, like Spotify has targeted, like, hey, this is where people are listening. I mean, it doesn't really do anything for me. I, I don't know. What What does it matter, I guess? Um, I don't I'm not asking that to be a dick. I'm more just like, I'm wondering. I don't know. Like, Well, I mean, uh, if, the, if the goal is to, of, uh, of creating an album is for people to hear it, then at least you, you do have that, you know, but the goal isn't that it really isn't. I mean, yes, in a way, in a, in like a, in like a, in one sense for sure. Right. I don't, don't want to be absurd. Yeah. You <laughs> want someone to hear it, but it's really like the more, it's more about like, 
it's more about like the accomplishment of, of doing it is like really the thing. Then like you kind of like you, you finish it and you're like, okay, then you put it into this other process where it, it becomes, you know, it's, 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 it's made into a thing and it's, it's disseminated and you, and I, it's nice if somebody likes it, but like, it's, it's like, um, yeah, and it is gratifying. There's a, a level of gratification there, but it's like, um, I feel like it's a really, it's a tough place to be in. If like, that's like, I don't know. I don't, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I know I sound crazy, but it, there's a sense, there's a part of it where I think I have a, I have a pretty good handle about who, like what I make, the music I make is not, um, it's not popular, you know? And it's all like, it's all like little fine shavings of like, okay, this album, maybe like 25 people bought this one. And then, okay, so Nida Record, like, you know, maybe 3,000 people bought it. And then I know it's not even about that anymore, right? <laughs> it's not about sales. But I mean, that's kind of, it's like, I mean, that's like so small. We are nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? So, but I hope I don't sound like a jerk. I'm, I, I hope I, I hope what we make is, does make someone feel good. And I mean, you know what I mean? But uh, hmm, I'm not sure. Maybe I really screwed up with this answer. But. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, you're like processing in real time, which, uh, uh, sorry, we made you do that. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> It is a lot to think about, though, and uh, uh, it's a lot to work through and process, you know, because you do have to sacrifice a lot to have these experiences um, of mm. making albums and mm. playing shows. Um, mm. And maybe it's good to just get it out there that that's that's what's happening right now. It's a there's sacrifice involved in getting oh. these experiences. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I wonder sure. a little bit about, you mentioned the studio, and I mm. think bands, maybe um, particularly bands who maybe have a little bit of money at a moment, and they're like, what yeah. should I do with it? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's the yeah. option of like making a really expensive record, maybe, or buying right. gear or going on tour, because as we talked about, there's yeah. not a lot of money in that, and you may be actually spending money to do a tour. Uh, do we right. hire a publicist? I mean, there's a million different ways oh, a band can yeah, yeah. spend money. Uh, but it for sounds sure. like the studio is a really valuable tool for you. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, we did. I mean, in 97, when, when we got the first, when we signed the first, when we made our first record, we got money. I mean, but this is in the 90s. I mean... And we did buy gear and we did set up a studio and we made a lot of records like that. But now we don't have that anymore. You know, it's like, well, maybe we should have bought like a building. I mean, we didn't have that much money. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to say, it. but like, you know, like there, it's like, yeah, like what to invest in. Well, not a publicist. And I, I much love and respect to publicists out there. But I would say it's important, but I don't, I'm not sure like that the real press and, and, and coverage is, is good for like a resume thing. It's kind of like it can maybe help you get a gig, but it's never going to really sell much. Um, but yeah, Oneida bought a studio, right? Back in the day. But, you know, then we got into another situation where we, we didn't have a, a good space and we couldn't set up gear because we had to leave. Yeah, because our studio space is now a Trader Joe's. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. 
but it is important to, I mean, like, you know, have the means of production is always the, the key. I think I like to delegate, right? So I like to have a label, put something out. But I mean, a lot of people don't do that and they do great with it. That's one thing that I'm like, okay, I can't do everything, you know? So um, I don't know what's a good thing anymore. Oneida really established ourselves. We did do a lot of touring early on and really you make connections with bands and that's why, that's how we got signed to Jag Jaguar. Back when Jag Jaguar was a, was a very tiny concern, like, you know, if you can believe it, Oneida was briefly the, a be the best selling artist on Jag Jaguar, <laughs> very briefly, you know, but, um, so that's how we met, you know, Joyful Noise, that's how you meet, met everybody, that's the way it happens. So, you know, like the touring being, you know, doing shows, I think is really key. Um, and it helps, I mean, you know, cause you make friends and you reconnect and, and that's great. I love that. I've, I've, that's something that is really great about tr travel. Um, yeah. Anyway. Aren't there any more plans to, to tour on this record? <sighs> yeah, we're doing some, Something in March in Europe, um, but, we, but we don't really have any other plans. Well, come to Nashville. Yeah, you, yeah. At I least mean, two sure. people who will see you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. We'll cool. probably even bring <laughs> at least one person each. So, oh, <laughs> amazing. No, we played. Is it what is it? Exit in? Is that yeah? It? Yeah, yeah. Exit in. Yeah. Is this still there? Yeah, it is. It's still um, there. In a way. In a way, yes. Um, in a way, okay. There's always, there's always. It was like, like that back when we played there. There's always like threats of it being um, taken down, or like developers trying to mm -hmm. raise the building. New owners, same name. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but hopefully, it'll get right historic status and it'll be protected. But Nashville has a history of like not valuing the things that make it great. Yes, I'd love to. I mean, ten, ten, Tennessee cities of mu music cities are like that too. Memphis as well. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to come back. Totally. I, I know we'd all love to. So uh, let's hope. I hope I wasn't a downer. Jesus. No, oh. no, not at all. This okay. was awesome. It's okay. It really is a lot to process like that's why we have the conversations <laughs> right got it cool. well thank you so much for coming on yeah this has been awesome oh, yeah oh wow thank you yeah. caroline and mike i appreciate you uh you wanted to talk to me yeah of course and when you come we'll take you out to dinner if you want wow you want. okay all right we'll come <laughs> all right that's all we need yeah i didn't even Thanks for listening to Devalue. For more information about our podcast, please visit devalue.show.